You were listening to the Electric Travelers Podcast. I want to thank you new listeners for checking me out. If you are my, one of my continued listeners, awesome. This podcast is here to inspire and encourage you to do your own research and get healthy. Do what you can to protect your own body. Don't just think that you're seeing the doctor is actually causing good health. It's not. Health, they don't make you healthy. They don't know nothing about actually keeping you healthy. They know about diagnosing you um, with the disease, which is important at times, and giving you medications. Um, I've been doing a whole series on Love Your Liver, and I've, I hope you've listened back to those because I've like really dived into... Um, fatty liver and I'm going to talk more about fatty liver and it, it is our in the U.S. and other countries too it is our um, food changes in the past like I would say 50 hundred years and the processed food I think it's a no brainer I read I have it on my um, audible I think fat feel or something like that and that one was really eye-opening and anytime we talk about foods that are causing inflammation in your body that is actually doing harm to your body so I have a list this morning let me go there and then this episode I'll talk about that then I'm gonna just get into some of the news with clips from different things that I thought are important as I'm recording this in um, the middle of May of 2022 to what's going on in the world and being spiritually and cognitively aware of what is happening in the world right now regarding the overpacking control of your body and your health, so to speak, by the WHO um, and governments that uh, are using a planned pandemic, in my opinion, to uh, alter in the new world order. Let's just say that. Uh, go to what I want to give you, start with some lists of foods that are hard on your liver. Intermittent fasting is like super good for your liver. Omega, um, your right fats are important. Uh, we've already talked about alcohol and sugar, all sugar. Um, is uh, harm some worse sugars than others are harmful really harmful for your liver and lately I'll go into that in a minute about lately what you're seeing in the news and what we've heard in the news if you watch the news I don't watch the mainstream news so I kind of miss on some of that and so I miss a little of the baloney about the news okay so one of the things that is super bad is soy proteins soy proteins are extremely hard on your liver and so in the soy isolates that you see they're in your protein bars i have rarely seen them not in a protein bar even the people that are doing keto sometimes it's thrown in there soy in general is one of the most gmo'd food and anything GMO'd and processed is so harmful to your liver, harmful in weight, losing weight, causing inflammation in your body, joint pain, all those things. It's toxic and hard for your liver. Now, just for some reason, my little reminder went away. Um, so 
that is one of the top things. And then remember, fructose. People think GABA is better and all that, and it's not. GABA is pretty, pretty harsh on your body. And so when you think of your liver and you think of uh, sugars, in their nature, in their natural form, if you eat fructose and all these processed things, it's very harmful. And like, so also that meme being um, corn syrup that is all in, I'm thinking like cereals for your kids that, that's on everywhere. So if you get it in its natural form with the fibers, like you eat a banana with all the fiber and you're getting the fructose then your body is a little bit better to deal with it and it's going to break it down a little slower. Actually, you look at that like glycemic index and you know that fructose is supposed to be really low, but it actually, and sugar is high, but fructose is actually harder on your liver. It has to process it so much more. So it's work. All your vegetable fats. So fats that are like canola oil, your vegetable oils, and soybean oil. And so when you go to most restaurants, um, especially fast foods, all of them fry in um, soybean oil, which is toxic to your liver. Another thing you think if you were doing a weight loss, and I was just going to go look at that too, um, that also is also really hard on your liver is whey protein. Also hard in like gaining weight, whey protein. A whole bunch of whey protein um, is kind of hard on your liver. Another thing, maltodextrin. Um, also hard on your liver. It's also additives in certain crappy vitamins. It's found in, again, all your processed crap. Um, another thing, um, processed white flour is worse on your liver and your pancreas and all that because it spikes up your sugar real quick. There's no nutrients. If you take your grain and you sprout it, um, your body's going to do it better. If you've not, um, you know, looked into soy and I mean, gluten and how bad gluten is for you, you should do that. Um, fungus and molds. There's toxin in those that are hard on your liver. And then to be simple, MSG, MSG, all that additive, you have to be careful when you're buying spices, Chinese foods, um, some people it causes a headache, but people have reactions. It is just a processed thing in the lab to make food addicting and tasting well. And you find it in every fast food place. I don't even know where it's like not in a lot of the fast food. I mean, I guess there's a connection to Bill Gates and um, uh, McDonald's. Okay, so I'm going to start with a couple things this morning, speaking of, and I want you to hear this. Uh, I have like three different areas where I'm going to pull videos. At the end, I'm going to go spiritual. What does this mean to what's going on in the world right this moment to what the Bible says? How are we and the church is ignoring it? That's my personal belief. Um, I want people to have their eyes wide open to what's going on. Here you go. Let's see if I can get this. Sometimes your computers and when you're trying to put things together... All of a sudden, didn't want to behave. Okay. Why is he so happy? Whoops. Mark Dolan exposes. Oh, I, I, I was sorry. I had the volume down. I'm taking this from the Amy No video. All right, here we go. You have an illness. They say they have a right 
to take you to some facility and to test you and to medicate you against your freaking will. Are you free? So let's not lie to the children and tell them about freedom because your freedom is being infringed as we are standing here and you need to be made aware of it. Mainstream media is not going to make you aware of it. You need to do your own research. Now, you got a bunch of teachers, principals, and like doing like this, talking like this to these children who are easily influenced. They'll go home, talk to their parents. If those parents were red-pilled, if everyone would come together and say enough already, it doesn't matter what they do at the WHO, the United Nations. They'll have no power. But it seems almost impossible. Seems like it would take an act of God Almighty to change everything. Here's a two-minute summary of the four-hour global COVID summit, which took place the other day. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining together for the second global COVID-19 summit. This pandemic isn't over. But the dire reality is the pandemic is not over. But the pandemic is not over. Thank you, Madam, Pres uh, Madam Vice President. It's misguided to think this pandemic is over. The pandemic is not over anywhere until it's over everywhere. COVID-19 is not over yet. But however we might all be wishing it is, the pandemic is not over. We cannot be complacent because the pandemic is not over. But as we know all too well, the pandemic is not over. Number four, we are advocating the establishment of a more inclusive new world order. New world order. Yep, snuck that one in at the very end. Their plan all along is using these fake pandemics to then put experimental gene therapy shots inside as many people as possible because they don't like the size of the population. And we've proven over the years now that this is not working out at all for many of us. We're tired. These guys don't care. They don't care about our freedom. All they care about is control, control over everyone. Their experiment played out. Now they're ready to take over. You'll notice that SARS-CoV-2 COVID -T vaccination can elicit a CD8 T-cell dominant hepatitis. That was released 21 April 2022. Bloomberg puts out a news clip on April 27th. What's the mysterious liver disease hurting the children? You wonder. Folks just don't get it. Other folks on the right finally got our adult flow masks from Flow Mask. Thanks, Kevin and team, ready for the next COVID-19 wave. And there's a picture of a family wearing flow masks as if everything is wonderful. I'm even hearing from family and friends that people are still visiting their grandparents with plastic between them, hugging plastic to plastic, wearing masks indoors because they're so scared, even today. The destruction of critical thought, I mean, that leads right to this. Todd Callender, again, exposing so much. Well, what about the 1P36 gene deletion? So you look at the postmark 
networking and experience with Pfizer. They listed 1,291 separate maladies that were serious adverse events of special interest. The 1P36 gene deletion is a congenital disease, meaning you're born with it. And yet that was the number one serious adverse event. And if you look up the symptomology for that, it's the elimination of your frontal cortex. Your your thinking part of your brain, your decision-making part of your brain is the number one serious adverse event listed by Pfizer. Yep. So they're changing the way we think, the thinking part of the brain, the decision-making part of the brain. I just happened to be in the bank the other day. Somebody told me, hey, how's it going? Said my name. I looked over. I had no idea who it was. They were wearing a mask all the way up to their under their eyelids and were covered from head to toe. I couldn't tell if it was smiling. Couldn't tell anything. I finally took me a second. I said, I'm sorry I don't recognize you. That's okay. Been busy lately? I said, pretty busy. And I turned back over. I said, I couldn't believe when I finally figured out who it was. Broke my heart. So brainwashed. Wearing a mask. Today. It. Yeah, I, I'm in... A state where I see a lot of that. All right, we're going to go to critical thinking, and I want you to hear a little of this. This is Dr. T and Dr. P. If you don't listen to them, little clip. And they will then have authority over the United States, over us, and we will effectively be vulnerable to losing our freedom to the WHO. Dr. T? Um, interestingly enough, I got up at 7 o'clock this morning, which you know is not my normal wheelhouse. Mm. And I sat down at my computer... And I wrote a whole article about that today that's going to be released tomorrow morning. Um, but what's pretty interesting, there's two points of that that are in my article that will be released tomorrow morning on Baxter. You guys that are listening, you should get it tomorrow morning. It says this actually started, this whole treaty business started June 2019. How interesting. Right before, you know, March of 2020, right? And they've been working on this diligently in June of 2019, November 2020, February 21, May 21, November 21, March 2020 is where we are now. The second meeting is planned for August and they aim for full adoption on every element of this international pandemic treaty by 2024. And then Klaus Schwab and the UN, the World Health or World Economic Forum just had a meeting two weeks ago and said, we're gonna accelerate that timeline. But what she said about, you know, when, when Bannon asked her, are they just oblivious or whatever? Well, interestingly enough, and this is part of my article that I wrote, is that in, well, let, let me find it. In November, um, here we go. Astonishing, astonishingly, Biden's handlers wrote the 13 amendments 
that would cede U.S. power to the World Health Organization. On January 18th of 2020, with no one looking and no public awareness, officials from the Biden administration sent the World Health Organization extensive amendments to strengthen WHO's ability to unilaterally intervene in the affairs of nations <clears throat> merely suspected, on, suspected of having a health emergency of possible concern by other nations. The U.S. amendments eliminate a critical check and balance between the WHO and other countries, allowing WHO's gen director general to declare health emergencies at will. The power to declare health emergencies can be used to shame, intimidate, and dominate any nation the WEF, the UN, the WHO chooses to crush. Its power can be used to block, ostracize, and financially punish any nation it wishes to harm or control. Although sponsored by the American administration, the WHO's most significant use of this arbitrary authority will be to declare national emergencies and most generally used against the United States if our government ever again dares to take anti-globalist stands as it did during the Trump administration. Wow. <clears throat> um, what, what date did you just say that was written? Uh, that they submitted those um, amendments January 18th of 2022. January 18th. It's my understanding that all of this is being done by executive order. Is that true? I don't know about that. I don't and know about that. My understanding that the United States Senate is responsible for passing or commenting or voting or debating every time there's an executive order. And it's also my understanding that the uh, Senate has not voted or commented on almost any of the executive orders. And so this is essentially, if this is an executive order, I mean, this is essentially done. It's done. So, so what what would getting Republicans to speak out about it actually do? Make them look bad. There's a really good article. I took a, a good portion of my article from this this one and a whole bunch of other documents that I pulled up about the treaty. because so I was the first person back in March to talk about the treaty. I talked about it on um, Alex Jones show. It, you know, I kind of broke the news about that because that had just come out. And then the next day I did an interview with Paul Alexander. And, you know, that's part of my uh, part of my article, too. And I'm going to put that link in there to that interview because I asked Paul because who had worked at, at who you know, um, what did you think about this whole treaty thing? The first words out of his mouth, and I transcribed it was, I think the World Health Organization has zero credibility. It's like a big club. People get into their positions of power and influence where they can design policy or make policy. It has nothing to do with their training, has nothing to do with their ability to understand science. It's all about politics. Mm -hmm. And he said at the end of that interview, he said, I actually shudder to think that the World Health Organization could be in control of anything 
it doesn't have a role to play anymore. In fact, if it is a if if it is to play a part, it should be taken down to the studs, revamped and rebuilt. Same for the CDC and the NIH. They should be totally stripped down, for starting with the top all the way down to at least the first twenty layers. Oh. And you so I had the same March, opportunity. Right? What you did this in March. March, March 1st was the day that they were actually having the meeting to decide that they were going to move forward with developing this treaty. Right. So on March 8th, the World Council for Health, which is a group of doctors, scientists, etc., put out an open letter on the WHO's pandemic treaty. Hashtag stop the treaty. The WHO agreement is unnecessary and threatens our sovereignty and inalienable rights. The WHO aims to confirm the pandemic agreement in the 77th World Health Assembly in 2024, but it could happen sooner. sooner. So I'm gonna send this to um, everyone so that you can know about it. But yeah, this is, I don't know what, what the status of this is now because it's been since March, but I, I, I'm curious, I'm really curious, Dr. T, what, what recourse we have, you know, it's sort of like the, the uh, FDA going through their motions of approving the Pfizer shot for children the age, below the age of five. And if you saw what the FDA did this week, they sneaked in this comment that less than 50% efficacy for the shot is acceptable. And you know that a statement like that is definitely a preparation for what's to come. It's just laying it down uh, very, very carefully, knowing full well that the shot doesn't really protect kids. So again, there are these consistent efforts being made by these global masterminds to basically tell us what they're going to do and let us down easily. But I wish, I don't know. I don't, I, I really don't understand how the Senate is going to play a part of this. If at all, you need, I think you need a two thirds vote. Well, the regulations are of this treaty are a binding instrument in international law entered into force. The regulations are a binding instrument of international law entered into as of June 15, 2007. UN members state that they can be required by law to obey or acquiesce to them. This is a really important, this is, you know, this is a really important article. I'm going to put it in here for everyone to see. This is a state of, na state of the nation. I mean, they, they write really good stuff. Um, and it was published May 12th. It was published uh, yesterday uh, or today. Uh, it's, the title of the article is Biden handing over U.S. sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And it's, it's kind of long, but worthy, worthy of reading. And at the bottom of the article, it has, I'll tell you, it has 20 reference links that are really important. 
the World Health Organization has taken over the world. Which was which has been their attempt all along, especially. I mean, when when you first started talking about Agenda 2020 and then Agenda 2030, it wasn't really clear who the players were, but they've now come out of hiding. And the WHO, the UN, and uh, Gavi, we always knew. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know how much communist China is involved at all. Um, certainly the, the, you know, the Jesuits and the Vatican uh, and the city of London have all been thrown out as, and the Kazarian mafia have all been thrown out as potential contributors. You know, I don't, I don't know, Dr. T, I don't know what, what is it that's going to get enough of a, of a backlash? I mean, people are writing in the chat, Biden is going to destroy this country. Uh, newsflash, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, boys and girls, this ain't Biden at all. Mm-mm. This has nothing to do with Biden. He's the perfect puppet for them to implement all of their uh, evil ways. Did you guys see back when Trump got elected? Did you see the thing that came out? I've got it around here somewhere. I don't know. It's, I, I have a copy of it. I saved it. It was called the 16-year plan. Mm. Did you see that? No. It was a 16-year plan that was basically contrived by Obama and Hillary and their handlers to absolutely obliterate the United States. And Obama was going to be in office for eight years and sort of build the funeral prior and all of the things that he put into place, the executive orders and all these different stuff that was actually bogging down the system. And then Hillary was supposed to get elected to light the funeral pyre and burn it down once and for all. And Trump was the great disruptor because that didn't happen. And so the witch got stepped aside, at least for those four years. And the good news is that gave America four more years that we ignored and just sort of went on our merry way and not seeing what was going on behind the curtain and gave them another four years to put fingers in the dike and to make sure that that never happened again. And I do think that part of this, remember when when Trump said, we're out of the World Health Organization, he was so disgusted with them and he signed out from them that as soon as Biden got back, was in, through the inauguration, that was his first thing, was to re-put us into the World Health Organization mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that was the plan right. and that a lot of the things that are happening now are to make sure that it never happens again. Right. There is a disruptor there that tries to save the United States of America because this has to go down. Catherine Austin Fitz has talked about this for years. I think that was back in two thousand and seven, eight, somewhere around there, she was at some big global meeting and she's told this story a lot. And she said to them, hey, you know, I know how to save this. You know, this is what we need to do. And these are the things we need to put in place and we can make this happen. And whoever the big globalist guy was that she was talking to said, Catherine, you, you, you don't know, you don't get, you don't know. They've already, they've given up on America. It's done. They're raping all of the assets out of it. They're ripping all of the metals and all the everything out of it that they can. It's over. There's no saving this. That was maybe 2007, 2008. And then Trump came along and made America great again and gave people hope 
and gave them the feeling that, wow, we can do this, we can get back. And nothing could have made the globalists, work. they're just like a bunch of, you know, wily coyotes. They're little <laughs> children, actually. You know, ready to just eat, destroy, and kill everything. So they're doing it now. So, so I haven't looked at the website, Dr. T, but people are saying uh, stop the WHO.com is uh, an important website to look at. And um, James Roguski, do you know him? Mm-hmm. James Roguski has also come up in the chat, uh, people mentioning him as someone who wrote something really good on Substack and uh, Peter Bregan, Dr. Bregan as well. So um, people want to know what my unified means. Go look it up. It's a new social platform like Facebook. Um, the interesting the interesting thing is, you know, where how much of this is going to keep rising into the consciousness of the American people and what's going to happen. I, I, I wonder if America is already done, or at least America as we know it is already done. Um, I, I, I saw a clip from this guy named Mendenhall. I don't remember his first name. And uh, I think he's a lawyer who said that there are white hats that are working in every single area of the United States government to make sure that uh, we are protected. And I would like to believe that is true. Hmm. Wouldn't you? I would like to believe it. Okay. So I received something today. Um, that I'd like to read, and then I'm going to um, post it. This gentleman wrote an anonymous Twitter. I'm a recent PhD grad working at a biotech firm in North Florida. I help develop and test adjuvants for pain management drugs that are delivered intravenously. I've been reading your guesses as to what's causing the novel childhood liver ailment in regards to the mRNA vaccines. Almost everyone working in my field already knows the cause of this. We can easily deduce it from the barrage of very specific inquiries and tests the FDA has been sending us. Here's your plot twists. It's not the mRNA shots. It's being caused by a serious unforeseen outcome in the development of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. You see, that vaccine uses an adenoviral vector platform based on the virus known as adenovirus 26. It's a genetically modified version of a childhood GI virus originally found in the feces of a sick nine-month-old. Even unmodified, it's generally considered benign. And the J&J vaccine was supposed to contain a modified, entirely replication-incompetent virus. Can't replicate equal can't spread equal can't mutate. Only it wasn't replication incompetent. In a small percent of vaccinated patients, it replicated, reached sufficient viral load to spread and mutated in the population. The official inquiries I've seen lead me to believe that an unforeseen interaction with Gilead's HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis prep allowed it to become replication competent. A mutation of adenovirus 26 from the J&J vaccine 
is what is showing up as adenovirus F-type 41 in the children with hepatitis. Wow. That's heavy duty. Yeah, the question is, how much are we going to really know about this? I just posted it in the, oh, I posted it to host. That is where I really wanted you to hear because it ties into the beginning and the hepatitis um, is a thing that's been happening all over the place, all over in the kids with hepatitis. And uh, I wanted to hear that. Um, you can go check out their stuff. They're only on Rumble. Um, some stuff I can't believe I'm going to pull is actually from YouTube. And that's where I thought, let's tie this all in with the Word of God and what the heck is um, going on and globally. And Your I want to hear, wait, for a wait, let's go back here. And I want you to hear a little of this. Okay. Then you just connect the dots and do your own research. Doesn't mean you don't sin. Doesn't mean you don't mess up. Jamie and I were talking about that earlier. You know, we're, there's still sanctification that we need to go through, right? Amen. <laughs> we, we fail. We mess up. We do things wrong, but we repent. We ask God to forgive us and we don't justify an action. Because of God's grace. Instead, because of his grace, we ask for forgiveness. And we say, Lord, help me not to do this again. That I may live pleasing in your sight. It's not to be saved. It's because we are saved. Folks, we, this is, I don't know how to, what else to say. Brother, you, you first of all ran into this, you know, a good while back from what happened uh, last year. And I won't get into it here on the program to resurrect all that stuff. But just because you went and attended a certain event, your life got flipped upside down for a period of time. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, real real quick, I was thinking about this. I've never even thought about the context of it till you just said it about this the church being the number one place of disinformation. It's it's that's a very awesome statement because it makes me think of Malachi, right? Last book of the Old Testament before the Lord went silent for over four hundred years. And the reason why, he tells you why. He says, because the people have wearied me. They speak falsely on my behalf. They say, all who do all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. And where is this God of justice? They were disinformation. They were hyper grace disinformation agents. And it was, that's why you see from every major and minor prophet is, woe to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds, woe to the priests, woe to the priests, woe to the shepherds, woe to the priests, because they this, because they that, because they this. You know, Ezra, he's like, when he saw the conduct of the leaders and the elders of the nation, he was appalled and he tore his clothes and he sat weeping before the Lord all through the night, right? Again, there you go. There's that lament at the sin of the, at the, sin of the people, right? But yeah, anyways, I, I think that's just a fascinating, powerful statement is that the church is the center of the disinformation. And unfortunately, we know that, again, going back to the prophetic fulfillment is they have the form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Because the power of the gospel is the resurrection and because of the resurrection and because of the redemption and because of the restoration, it is transformation. 
that's the power of the gospel in you. And is that you literally are transformed. You were this, now you're this. You were this, now you're this. You were this, now you're this. Now act like a son or a daughter of the king. Feel the weight of the cloak on your back. Look at the signet ring on your finger. Don't you know what family you belong to? But we don't, right? We, we love the world and the things of the world again. Um, so yeah, anyways, shifting gear to the, the, um, the lateness of the hour, this, the information and the, the cancel culture is bigger than what people understand because it is central. It is the central component to the beast system is the removal of freedom of speech. People don't understand that, right? It, it is, it is um, housed within the context of AI, quantum computing, and threat fusion centers, of which there's seven across the United States of America. It's housed within the context of the uh, of the social credit scores, which was field tested by our by our tech companies in China, which has three times or four times the population of the United States of America. They they beta tested it in China because they already have a totalitarian government that they could implement it. Our tech companies wrote the code for all that. They've been doing it uh, cloak and dagger style uh, as a gray man through our tech companies currently in the United States of America. All the infrastructure is in place technologically for, get this ladies and gents, counterfeit omniscience and omnipresence counterfeit it's counterfeit they are trying to be as gods and they operate through technologies and through their fallen angel overlords and the principalities of spiritual wickedness in high places and the prince of the power of the airs this is the means by which they're going to operate and they will know whether or not you've given allegiance to the b system they will know whether or not you've you know received the mark whatever you know we have a lot of speculation as to what that could potentially be they will know if you speak out against the government if not you know i'm i'm a student of history i have a degree in history and all that kind of stuff Nazi Germany was able to, with pen and paper, detail every aspect of every German citizen's life. They knew who said what and who did what to the detail. If they overheard them complain about the price of food in the grocery store, they were snatched up in the middle of the night. And they were doing that. They were calculating that with pen and paper. Can you? Oh, and by the way, IBM computers. IBM computers were literally developed by IBM from Nazi Germany so that they could streamline the genocide of the Jews. Most people don't know that. That's where the punch card system for computers came from, was specifically created to be more efficient at mass murdering the Jews. Um, I digress. But it's important to know and understand the lateness of the hour because we have not spoke up and when we had the opportunity now they are telling us you will shut your mouth and if you do open your mouth it's going to cost you everything so now is the time brothers and sisters that you must count the cost of being all in for your king christ jesus you must count the cost and the only way you can effectively count the cost is if you count the reward. You must know your identity secure in Christ. You must know the power and the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus over you, in you, and out through you. You must know the hope of glory to which you've been called. You must know the inheritance that's being kept in heaven for you, spotless and spoiled and fading. You must know the reward of those who endure to the end. You must count the cost. But the only way to count the cost is when you fully know and understand the reward. And when you do, beloved, you will not fear your life so much as you're afraid to lose it. And here's a good word. Guess who's going to shut their mouth? 
I have it open in front of me right here. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked, they are the ones who will shut their mouths forevermore. And that's our hope. And that's what the day that we're longing for and in eager anticipation of. Praise God. Folks, that, that is some truth right there. And and back, Jamie, what you said about the IBM and the Holocaust, folks, if you don't think that's true, go look up Edwin Black's book on IBM and the Holocaust and the punch card system. Um, where we are at today, the early stages of this was developed for some devilish things. And we are now the recipients of years of technology. And one thing I do know, that's technology. I own an IT company and I understand a lot of these things that are going on. And I often say to people, if you don't want somebody to know where you're going, oh, brother Frank, I got a VPN. Folks, you got to understand the power of AI and understanding algorithms and being able to pick up the way you surf and the things you check when you're not behind a VPN, when you've forgotten to turn it on. And they can detect patterns when you do have it on, even though it's encrypted. I'm trying to tell you right now, stay away from things you shouldn't be on. It's that easy. Simple as that. Because they are building profiles against us that they can pick up and know who you are and what you do and where you go and everything. And it's, it's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. The time is too short. And so folks be careful when you're out there, not to get sidetracked on it, but if you want to get me going down a a rampage, let me tell you about the horrors of what's going on and tracking on the internet. Folks, we have software we can install into people's environments to find out if their employees are doing, I got stuff we put on there, take snapshots, does everything. You you can't get away with anything. We've installed it into places and found out all their employees were sitting around watching Netflix all day when they thought they were out working. You know what I mean? And this is known software for me as an end user. What do you think the federal government has? What do you think they have? Technology to push through, to put on your computer that's undetectable. That's why all the most powerful technologies that detect and endpoint protection today is based solely on AI. Because nothing else can find it today. It has to work on algorithms that can detect a zero-day threats. Yeah. And and just to make it really clear for everybody, I was out in Washington, D.C. on January 6th last year and was praying and interceding, actually saved, uh, you know, by the Lord's leading and his grace. Two Capitol Police officers lives who were who were uh, Antifa thugs were trying to murder them on the on the front steps of the Capitol building. So I was right there and all that mix was out there praying and interceding and um, and. Within five days of January 6th, I I was living in Iowa at the time, two FBI agents showed up at my house within five days. There was 1.2 million people there. Like we have to, there was 1.2 million people there and they have the infrastructure and they have the technological know-how and they have the threat fusion centers and they have the AI algorithms. And these guys, because I was in federal law enforcement, I asked them, how in the world did you lock on to me? There was 1.2 million people. And why are you at my door? I was indignant. I was, I was pissed. And I said, why in the world are you? And I know your technological capabilities. So I know that you know that I didn't do anything. And in fact, you should be giving me a medal. That's what I told the, the agents when they came to the house. And they were like, oh, no, we our our technology is so insane. Like we can pick up one out of all the million people that were there. It picks up even a piece of clothing and it and it tracked you all the way from the second you left your house in Iowa. 
like because of maybe a particular shirt you're wearing or a piece of, and it can sift through in milliseconds sift through and say, that's who he is. And he said, that's why we're at your house within five days. And I mean, so anyways, the, the depth to which this cancel culture thing and this uh, speech star and all that, it is a big deal. And notice the only speech and the only organizations that they wanted to shut down during the, during the pandemic and that they want to shut down now is the authentic Christian proclaiming the name of Christ and him crucified and the coming of the King of glory. That is the only thing they must shut down. But here's what you're going to see, ladies and gents, you're going to see this very distinct. We already started seeing it with the pandemic and with all the, all the wokeism, progressive Christianity, all these, all these reprobate, uh, you know, big show guys out there that are so have are just outright wolves in sheep's clothing is that you will see an official state-sponsored church arise and be bolstered and undergirded by the government, and it will be explosive. I insert any seeker-friendly NAR movement, Bethel Hill song, you name it, they are going to be only ever increasing because they're already completely sold out to these systems. And they actually are a mechanism by which to present to you a half truth, which anything that is a half truth equals a lie of the gospel. So it leads you to a false sense of security in, uh, in do-gooderism or in social justice things, but it's totally devoid of the power of God and it's trans- a transformative relationship when you authentically come into Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus comes into you as he is in the Father, right? So so you're going to see this this sifting increase at warp speed. The wheat from the tares, the sheep from the goat, the dark from the light, the sons of disobedience from the heirs of a promise, and on and on and on and on it goes. The sifting and its division is going to begin occurring in breakneck speed. And those who will not cease to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. It, again, it will cost you on uh, this side of eternity, but your the reward is incomprehensible. It's not even worth compla- comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed. So that's, that's what we have in our near future to say the least. Yes. And folks, it, I, I I'm going to say right now, um, I am older. If I had to go back into the Marine Corps today, I don't. I, I I would be tired by the time I got off the yellow footprints in Paris Island, probably. Uh, you know, I'm older. I don't move as fast anymore. I'm, I mean, I'm only 48, but still, I'm 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 not looking forward to what I know is coming in the Word of God. I'm not excited about it. You know, the Bible says that the day of the Lord is it, it, woe unto those who desire it. It's a bad time. Okay, and but nothing brings about holiness faster than persecution. I don't like it. I'm not excited for it. But the Lord said he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And I believe that he meant what he said in his word. One thing I have learned that this Bible is going to be way more literally fulfilled than people could have ever imagined. It's going to dumbfound us, I believe, at times, because many of the commentaries, many of the things through the years, they were interpreted prior before the interpretations by the spirit of God were fully made revealed, and they only could see spiritual things. But today we now see things that that look solid interpretations, maybe 100, 150 years ago that we see today now literal 
And that doesn't necessarily make the spiritual null and void, but we see now literal things coming to pass that it couldn't believe. Nobody believed, Jamie, that back in the mid-1800s, when a lot of this stuff, they're in the Great Awakenings and everything, that Israel would actually physically become a nation again. Nobody believed that. They couldn't see it. It was it was impossible for them to read. They believed it was all spiritual stuff until, you know what? It actually became just what the Lord said it would. And brother, I'm telling you, I, I'm convinced that we're going to see some stuff and we're going to look in the Bible and say, I, wow, God, you actually told us exactly to a T how it was going to happen. And that's how it happened. Folks, the things the Lord's been talking about, you will see them shortly. And actually, they are already coming to pass and we better wake up. Brother, I, I'm asking, I know we're getting close to time right now. Um, I know that the Lord has had laid this uh, faith havens on your heart um, to do. Um, brother, what is the driving force of really doing this right now? Yeah, I mean, actually, it's it's just being awake and alert and sober-minded, like the scriptures command us to, to be in eager anticipation of the, of the Lord's return and you know, we I we can't have that Neo-Babylonian blindness that doesn't see the handwriting on the wall. And the church is the one sitting around drinking out of the golden vessels of the Lord saying he'll never do anything, neither good nor bad. That's exactly what Israel was saying, right? Like it's literally exactly what the church is saying. And when you read all the scriptures regarding the last church age, it, it is the same exact posture for the last church age. Um, so the Lord's burdened me to, to, uh, um, being aware and being awake is, you know, the, the Marine Corps background and the other things that I've done is you train for the fight that you're not yet in and you prepare for the fight that you're not yet in. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, I've told you all these things ahead of time so that you will not be caught unaware. He literally says, there's a reason why I gave you Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, the book of Revelation, Daniel, you know, Jeremiah 50, 51, Ezekiel 39. Like, he's like, I told you all these things, ladies and gents, ahead of time, so that you will not be caught unaware. So much so that the spirit of Christ is a spirit of prophecy. You know, so much so that God, when he's rebuking Israel, is like, listen, this is who I am. I tell you everything before it happens so that you know that I am who I say I am. Can your idols do that, right? He's like going down the list like, can they tell you this? Can they tell you that? No, I do. Why? So that you would fear, so that you would put your hope in me, so that you would rest in me, so that you would have a refuge in me. It's all of it combined, right? And so the Lord has burdened me to, to literally prepare for his people to continue to operate and advance the gospel in hostile territory, to to prepare, for lack of a better word, to be the church in an underground capacity. And that's not underground literally, maybe it, maybe it could be, but underground more than anything is actually with your digital footprint because we know what's coming. You will not be allowed to function in any sphere of society, but most importantly, economically, we know that that's coming. They've told you they're making lists. Hillary Clinton said they're making lists. Ocasio-Cortez said they're making lists. One of the other reprobate Democrats said they're making lists. You better take them at their word, ladies and gents. So we prepare now, like like the 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 other um, European citizens in 1936, 37, 38, they see the handwriting on the wall. They start putting the hidden rooms in. They start putting the cellars in. They start networking and creating the underground railroad for the people that they know are going to be in mass refugee status. You know, they 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 could see what was getting ready to happen to the Jews. They heard the rhetoric. Rhetoric. Um, listen, DHS number one threat. 
evangelical Christians who believe in the end times. FBI, number one threat, evangelical Christians who believe in the end times. They are telling you who is the enemy's HVT, most high value target. It's the marked and sealed blood-bought authentic believer, not the apostate. They don't care about the apostate ones. They care about the ones that are authentic. And they said, we're coming for you. And here's the reality is, guess what that means for us? Nothing. Nothing changes. Not your commission and your standing before a holy God does not change. He has called you by name. He has chosen. He has foreknown you for this generation. He says, you go and you advance and you do with honor, courage, and commitment. Uh, those who are wise in the Lord will turn many back to righteousness in that day, Daniel 12. Those who know their God will do ex will be strong through the Lord and go forth and do exploits, which means daring feats of valor. There is a mission set and it does not change no matter how hostile the territory gets. So that's been my burden is how God awaken your people to be prepared not to hide to save their own flesh. Are you kidding me? Dude, the last thing in the world I want to do is preserve one more day on this earth. Are you? That's insane. I hope a nuke drops in our general vicinity in Colorado. So me and my family can go home to glory with the the Lord instantly without all the other suffering and all the other things that come attached to it. I don't prepare because I want to preserve my life. I prepare for my brothers and sisters and I prepare for those who are yet to receive the good news that Christ Jesus, when they were an enemy, came and died for them that he might call them friend if they would just believe that he is who he said he was so um yeah i know that's a long-winded answer to no. say that we're we're trying to set that was really long that was from jamie walden this is a super long one i thought it was super important in the hour we in so i hope you um take a whole bunch of this and go to your own research about your health and you know we all got cut up in the craziness of life and we gotta slow down and listen for the still small voice of God and we have to um, be prepared.